Lord, thank you, Lord. Bow your heads, please. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come before you tonight and we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we know that you don't ever have any sad days. And we thank you, Lord, for thy word, because the word is truth, and you said the truth will make you free. Now, I pray for the people that they will open up their spirits and minds to receive God's word and understand that you are a loving God and that you are a faith God. And faith worketh by love. Help us to receive tonight what thus saith the Lord God to this congregation tonight. And we'll give you the praise and glory for everything that's done in our midst. And I believe tonight, Father, that great things are going to be done in our midst all over the different parts of the world. And I praise you for it in advance, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said together, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, you know, it's just amazing how the Holy Spirit works and what God wants done. It's absolutely just startles me sometimes the way God works and what he wants done and how he wants it done. On my way home last night after the service, I, uh, as you know, if you were watching on the screen, the Spirit of God, when I called for an invitation last night and the people came down, the Spirit of God told me to call a girl up here. I kind of hesitated because we're on a nice little hookup, you know, in different parts of the world. But he drew me to her again. So when I called her up here and I obeyed him, and she was standing here in the Spirit of the Lord, healing her. The anointing of God came upon her, and she just fell on me, and she just fell backwards, and God just anointed me heavy and quickly, and I knew from the way he did it, you have to do this for years, you can kind of tell some things. You can't figure out God and everything, but you can kind of tell some things, and I knew it wouldn't last long. That's the reason when the anointing of God is on you, it's better to get your hands on somebody then while the anointing is on you. Because while the anointing is on you, somebody can get a complete healing that moment just from the anointing. It can just penetrate through your body, just whoosh, like the wind. You know, God comes real quick sometimes, just like the wind. Now, I used to didn't know what it was. I had to ask the fellow that basically trained me in healing I used to ask Brother Littlefield, what, what is this in my hands? What is this in my hands? I felt like my bones are going to jump out of my fingers. He would say, that's the healing power of the Lord. Come over here and lay your hands on this woman. She's been sick for a long time. And I'd go lay my hands on her. I did that for quite a, quite a while. And I was up in Pennsylvania speaking one night, and a deaf man approached me in service. And the Lord said, cast that deaf spirit out of him. And I said, in Jesus' name, you foul deaf spirit, come out of him. And he fell flat on the floor just like you'd shot him. He gets up and starts laughing. 
and they life, 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 and life. He'd been deaf for 30 years, and he'd never he'd been looking at his watch for 30 years, but he'd never heard his watch tick before. And he was laughing because the watch was ticking. Well, I guess that would be funny for somebody who'd been looking at it for 30 years but never heard it tick before. I said, you mean you can hear your watch tick? He said, yeah, I can hear my watch tick. I said, well, maybe you better pray for me. <laughs> well, <laughs> now don't laugh. Sitting there, can you hear your watch tick? Oh, you can? You hear it right now, ticking? Uh-huh. You see what I mean? <laughs> I tell you, when God heals ears, he heals them, don't he? I prayed for a woman here a while back, laid my hands up on her, and she couldn't have, she was 75% blind, and God totally gave her eyesight back, and she could read without glasses. It's amazing, you know, what God does for you, just restore things, just, just restore them like that. It's amazing what the Spirit of God can do and how He does it. But last night I was going home, I was going home, and uh, it began to come to me. You know, I set you free, son, because I taught you to laugh at the devil. Just began to come to me last night. Then I come in tonight, and I saw this on the screen, those puppets laughing at the devil, and, and uh, I remember ministering to you last night about the checkbook, but I didn't put enough emphasis to please God on the life. I mentioned it to you, I think, three or four times about how the checkbook, you know, and I'd walk and con I confessed thousands of dollars in there. And I said something about last night, maybe two or three times about the laughing part. But the Lord uh, moved up on me last night and just let me know, you, you didn't put enough emphasis on the laughing part. He said, most people that are broke and sick and broken hearted, he said, they're sad. And he said, they'll stay broke as long as they're sad. You didn't put enough emphasis on the laughing part. I said, well... Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Is that right? And you feel like a failure, you know, when you start home. You know, it's, it's awful to go in your motel room and, and begin to take your clothes off and get ready for bed. And God says, you didn't obey me tonight. I was healing a woman out in the congregation, and I, and I showed you I was healing her. Why didn't you have her stand up so the healing power of God could be expounded and, and, and be exalted and so it could flow over the congregation? You didn't obey me. I want you to have the woman stand up. I'll tell you something else. You go in a room by yourself and God says, you disobeyed me. Why didn't you do a certain, certain thing in service? If you'd have done that, there'd have been hundreds of people got blessed for that one thing. It just failed to pick up in your spirit. It's amazing we get hung up in our own ways, doing things our own way. See, the Spirit of God don't think like you. Thank God. <laughs> the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of you he don't never think any way except victory. You have to understand the triune Godhead. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit the worker here on earth. The Holy Spirit is the only one working here on earth. You either listen to Him or you don't get things done. 
Everything that's done on earth is done by the working of the Holy Spirit, done by Him. And He lives inside of you. People ask me sometimes, says, why don't the Holy Spirit do more for me than what He does? I said, because He don't agree with you. You're just too dumb for Him. I said, He agrees with the Bible. He don't agree with you. He agrees with the Bible. Well, I don't know. I don't have no more faith than what I have. Well, why don't you study God's Word? Read the book of Hebrews and find out what faith is. Then build your faith on God's Word and quote God's Word and believe God's Word and you'll find out what the Holy Spirit will do for you. He can't get no permission from heaven to do anything for you unless the Word of God boils up into heaven. God said, remind me of the scriptures that you're standing on. Remind me. You can say, well, I'm believing God. Well, God don't know if you believe in Him or not. Just believe in God in general like you say, well, I'm trusting the Lord. Well, God don't know if you're trusting Him or not. He don't believe you're trusting Him. God may not, He may not move because you're trusting Him. Your trusting and believing may be all screwed up. God said, if you're believing me, remind me of the word that I've already said. Remind me of the scripture in what you're believing. It's not good enough for you to just believe God in general. Oh, well, I believe God and do anything. That's not 15 cents worth of nothing. Pick your scripture out if you want the Holy Spirit to perform it. The Holy Spirit's not going to perform anything for you. You go around saying, well, I believe God can do anything. Well, the Holy Spirit, he, he knows you're stupid. But he's not stupid. He can't perform because you haven't said anything. All you're doing is passing the buck. I believe God can do anything. Well, the Holy Spirit don't even know what you mean. God is a personal God. Jesus is a personal Jesus. The Holy Spirit lives in your belly, and He wants to perform things for you personally. And unless you tell God the Scripture you believe, how can the Holy Spirit help you? God, I'm believing Matthew chapter so-and-so and verse -so -and -so so-and-so, and then quote it to God, say, it's written for me personally, and I've got it, bless God forever, I've got it in Jesus' name. It's mine. God, it's mine. I got it. It's mine. I got it. Now, if you'll do that, the Holy Spirit will be listening to you, and when you say that, he'll begin to perform it for you. But my brother and sister, you might as well get your head out of the mud and learn to accept the truth. The Holy Spirit just cannot help you to any degree unless you're going to stand boldly and ruthlessly upon God's Word. The Holy Spirit has not been sent here to agree with you. You, know, you must know by this time he's not that confused. He's not that messed up to agree with you. He don't agree with nothing except chapter and verse. He don't agree with nothing, the Holy Spirit, don't, except the Bible, the written Word of God. The Holy Spirit has been sent here to perform the Bible, to perform God's Word. He'll perform every chapter and verse in the book of Matthew for you if I can talk you into having faith in it. If I can talk you into believing that and talk you into showing God that you have faith in the chapter and verse, I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit will give it to you. He will totally give it to you. Jesus told me, I told you the other night about him taking me to heaven out of my body. 
And he told me then. I'd been prepared for three or four years for those growths to get off of my daughter's body. If my daughter's watching this on by satellite in Tennessee, she knows, she knows I'm telling you the truth. I prayed for years and nothing didn't happen. But when the Lord pulled me out of my body and swept me as quick as you could bat your eye, all of a sudden, I guess just like Paul talked about, all of a sudden there I was in paradise. I mean, all of a sudden. Just slipped me out of my body, and all of a sudden there I was somewhere in another world, wherever God was, and God began to talk to me with a voice and began to tell me, those, you're putting up with those growths on your daughter's body. You shouldn't put up with them. How long are you going to stumble around in darkness and put up with those growths on your daughter's body? How long are you going to stumble around in darkness and put up with those growths on your daughter's body? I said, God, I don't know what you mean. I've been praying for three years. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit for years, and I've been praying for years, Jesus, for you to remove them. He said, I haven't heard you curse those growths like I cursed the fig tree when it died. If you want those growths and knots to die on your daughter's body and disappear, he said, you use that scripture that I used, and you use my name, and you curse the roots of those growths in my name. And if you'll have faith and not doubt me, he said, they will die and disappear boop, off of your daughter's body. But that's the way God talks to you. You don't hear too much of that in Sunday school these days. I said, oh, so that's the way it works. That's the way it works, and it don't work any other way. And you must have faith in that scripture and believe and not doubt. Brother, when I come back to earth, I made haste quickly and went to her, and I cursed the roots of those gross in Jesus' name. My daughter had 42 gross on her body, and I cursed them in Jesus' name, been on there for years. And I said, you die in Jesus' name and get off of my daughter's body in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, just like the fig tree did, died when he cursed it. Forty days later, believing 40 days and 40 nights, in the cool of the evening, God came and visited my house and went, whoosh, and went over my daughter's body, and all of a sudden, as quick as you could bat your eye, every growth on her body disappeared, and new skin where it was split and bleeding, all of it closed up, and brand new skin came over her, just whoosh, all over her body. It's so scared her, she ran into the wall. And she says, Daddy, 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 look at me. Look at me, Daddy. Look at me, Daddy. Look at me. She says, this scares me. Daddy, this scares me. She says, look at me. Look at me. I've got new hands. I've got new arms. I've got new legs. Look at me, Daddy. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. And that's the way God works. And he'll come to your house and he'll pass over your body and knock that cancer out of it, knock those growths off of it, put new blood in your body, make your body strong. Jesus is the best surgeon in all the world. But if you think that he's going to come to your house and do that through slipshod believing 
and faith when you want to, and I believe him today, but I don't believe him tomorrow, and all this kind of stuff. I got news for your dumb head. He is not coming. Do you understand that? If you don't, you better understand it. He's not coming. But I've also can turn it around and flip it over just like flipping a record over. If I can talk you in to bypassing your natural mind, not having one day up and one day down, one day believing, one day this, and one day sad and one day glad, that's a bunch of the stuff from the devil. If I can talk you into every day of your life, just pick a scripture that covers your case and zero in on it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth and say the written word of God is perfect and it is mine. It's been written perfect and it's perfect and it's mine and the blessed Holy Spirit of God is perfect and he'll work for me and I've claimed it in Jesus' name. It's mine and tell God just exactly what you're believing on. Tell God, quote it to him chapter and verse and say then God it's mine. It, these words come out of your mouth, oh God, and they are mine. I'm claiming them personally just for me, Jesus. They are mine. I've got it in Jesus' name. They are mine. I've got it. I know that you're a personal Jesus, and I know you love me, Jesus. This is what you said, and remind him of what he said, and then claim it that it's yours. Claim it that it's yours. Claim it that it's yours. Now listen to me. Churches all over the world and this congregation here in Dallas, you listen to me closely. If I can talk you into doing that with every weak spot in your life, hunt a scripture covered, and you'll do that every time, every weakness in your life, I promise you that Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will come to visit you and you'll have total victory in that area. Hallelujah. Total victory. Now, I'm going to be real honest with you so you understand it real clear. And you might as well know this. I love you, my brother and sister. I love all the pastors out there. But I opened up the Bible this afternoon in my, my room and began to study for tonight. And the Spirit of God fell on me supernaturally. This afternoon, God visited me in my hotel room supernaturally. And the anointing of God is on me so strong right now, I can't hardly talk. And God loves you with everything that's in him. But if you don't show great respect for his word, you're going to be just like the children of Israel and keep on stumbling around in darkness trying to find the light. <laughs> but by the precious blood of Jesus that's been shed for you and the straps on his back that's been put on there for you, it is so easy, my brother and sister, for you to have victory if you just listen to Jesus and listen to what the Scriptures has already promised you. I didn't ask God for this ministry. I was perfectly happy in the ministry of helps helping other people's ministry but when the Spirit of God moved on me I was happy in that little church I told you about in Cleveland Tennessee they let me come there and learn about God and I was happy there in the ministry of helps I didn't have to have no public ministry I didn't ask for it but Jesus moved on me and said son I want you to study my word in the subject of faith and I want you to go teach my people what I've taught you. 
There is victory for them. There is victory for them in every area. And I want you to teach people to have faith in my word. Have faith in my word. Have faith in my word. And tell them it's up to them to study my word and show themselves approved and dig all the riches of glory out of my word. It's all in there from Matthew through Revelation. It's in there for them. But each individual, you're responsible for your own body. You're responsible for your own family. You're responsible for your own life, my brother and sister. And God's got victory for you, and it's all in the Word of God. All of it. Every bit of victory is in the Word of God for you. But you're going to have to take time. Come away from your busy schedule, and you're going to have to get in the Word. And when you find victory for yourself in the Word, you're going to have to stand boldly and have faith in that Word. You just cannot afford, my brother and sister, to go to church and put a little money in the offering and do your own thing and do your own thing and well I hear the preacher preached and well uh, walking through the door on Sunday morning and shake the preacher's hand well I enjoyed your sermon I did that for years for Dr. Pruitt at the First Baptist Church in Indianapolis, Indiana I shook Dr. Pruitt's hand for years and I did I did enjoy Dr. Pruitt's messages Dr. Pruitt did love the Lord I was setting his messages in the First Baptist Church and the tears would stream down my face and I could feel some, I could feel a power way off somewhere, somewhere. I didn't know anything about God. I felt a power way off somewhere drawing me, drawing me, drawing me. The Lord wanted me, and I was afraid of it, and I would run. I'd run the other way. Sometimes the Lord would come and visit me, and I was afraid of it, and I'd run the other way. I don't know why men are so rebellious against the call of God upon them. Because it's a supernatural manifestation. God's a supernatural power, and I guess they get afraid of it. It's the reason they run from God all the time. But the Lord Jesus is so precious to want to give you everything. He can't hardly wait to heal you. The Lord Jesus can't hardly wait to give you exactly what you need because he loves you so much. If you have your Bibles tonight, I can tell you now something supernatural is going to happen tonight. I can tell you that. I don't know exactly what and what manner, but you just might as well, you just might as well get ready. You might as well sit there in peace and watch and watch what God does because he is ready. I can tell you that God stays ready. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever. The first chapter of the book of James will continue on. The subject of you having faith in God with no wavering. Remember last night we got down... <clears throat> To the seventh verse, first chapter of the book of James. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. If you don't believe the Bible all the time, my brother and sister, you got two minds. God says you're double-minded. And God don't want you to be double-minded. He wants you to trust him every day and every night. God doesn't want you trusting him today and trusting the devil tomorrow, trusting him today and trusting yourself tomorrow. God wants you to trust him every day. That's the reason God told me to start a Bible school in Tennessee and build a foundation of his word on the inside of them, on the inside, so they can stand up and know who they are in Christ Jesus. Know who they are in Christ Jesus. Thank God.
God for Bible schools with tech, textbooks. I believe in textbooks, and I believe in all kinds of Bible schools. But God told me not to use any textbooks in my Bible school. He said, I want you to use the Word of God, and I want you to build my Word on the inside of people, and I'll send the people there that I want to be at your school, and, I'll, <laughs> and I, I want you to build a foundation of my Word in, inside of them. And, and, and I mean, sometimes, sometimes classes start there, and you look up, and you have a theologian there, you have pastors there, you have all kinds of people. You know, all kinds of people comes to a Bible school. Bob Tilton's got so many Bible schools, he probably don't even know him. He got them all over the world. No wonder God blesses him so much. I've just got three Bible schools myself, and God blesses me so much I can't understand it. It's no wonder Bob is so wild. He's got Bible schools training people to believe God's Word. Do you know of a better thing that your life could produce than training people to believe God's Word? Because I'm going to tell you right now, if I can talk you in these four nights of believing God's Word, your defeated days are over. And you better know that. Your defeated days are over. Totally over. Defeated days. I, I'd already made a success of my life in my 20s when the Lord come to visit me. I already made it. And I had a double mind too. All the time I was the First Baptist Church, I had a double mind. I knew a part of me that God wanted, then the world wanted a part of me, my business wanted a part of me, and I was double-minded in my believing, double-minded in this and double-minded in that. God says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I was unstable. Sure I was unstable. Because I'd never seen Jesus heal anybody. I didn't even know that God healed people in church. I'd been going to church all of my life. I never saw God heal anybody until I went to this little church in Cleveland, Tennessee that I told you about. Faith Memorial Church. I never saw God heal anybody. That's the first place I've ever seen the Jesus heal. I didn't even know God healed people in church. And I was sure he'd never heal anybody through me until after I was there for a while. Then I began to feel funny in my hands and my bones began to tickle. I was so dumb spiritually, I had to ask the pastor. I says, what is this in my hands, pastor? What is this? It feels like my bones are taking a bath. <laughs> he said, I said, there's some kind of power in my fingers. There's some kind of power in my fingers. I feel like my bones are taking a bath. I felt like little men in my fingers, brushing them with brushes, tickling. <laughs> it felt so good, I couldn't understand it. But I found out when I'd lay my hands on sick people, the disease would disappear. Glory be to God, and then after it disappeared, that feeling would leave. I said, but I'm First Baptist, Jesus. I said, surely you wouldn't heal anybody through my hands. <laughs> you know, God don't care what church you belong to. Amen. You can be 23rd Baptist if you want to. <laughs> God don't care about the name of your church. If you'll give your life to Jesus and believe the Bible, God will heal people through your hands. People that believes in Jesus has it not to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But you can't, see, you can't learn anything from people that don't know anything. You're going to have to go somewhere, go be delivered from yourself and usually from your relatives and then your friends and just go off somewhere. And just, you don't want your relative to see you go in there and just go in there and listen and watch. John Osteen said the first time, he told God, he says, I'll be real humble, God. I'll be real humble and I'll go to Assembly of God Church. <laughs> he says, but 
and I'll let that symbol of God pastor pray for me because I like that symbol of God pastor. John was first Baptist pastor. He said, I like that symbol of God pastor. I don't like the way he talks, but I like him because I'll be riding in a car with him in broad daylight, and right out in broad daylight, right in the car, he'll say, glory to God. <laughs> he said, make me so nervous I couldn't understand it. <laughs> he said, I thought, what does he want to hold it so long for? That makes me nervous. <laughs> he said, God kept on dealing with me. He said, I finally told God, okay, God, I'll be real humble, and I'll go to Assembly of God Church, but I'm going to sit in the back. He said, keep those women away from me. I'll let the pastor pray for me. I like, I like that pastor. I don't like his hallelujahs and glories in broad daylight, but I like him. But keep those women away from me. I don't want no women. I don't want no Pentecostal women praying for me. He's a First Baptist pastor. First Baptist pastors don't believe in women preachers anyway. Hadn't you heard? If you, don't, if you hadn't heard, you know now. He said, keep those women away from me. So he went to the altar. And a great big fat Pentecostal woman grabbed him. <laughs> You're not going to tell God what to do. You're not going to tell God anything. She grabbed him by the mouth and said, Say Shanda, say Shanda, say Shanda. <laughs> Begin to shake him. Say Shanda, say Shanda. He said, Boy, I got so mad I took my Baptist chin and went home. <laughs> but you might as well make up your mind. It's like staying out of the Bible and trying to get God to do things for you. You can't learn anything about God staying out of the Bible. You can learn what God will do for you if you'll get in God's Word and have faith in it. John would have never learned anything if he hadn't went to a church like that. I would have never learned anything if I hadn't went to a full gospel church. I didn't have any friends that knew anything. You can't learn anything from a bunch of dumb friends. Amen. Do you understand that? How can you learn anything from your friends and your relatives because they don't have any more sense than you have? You're going to have to go somewhere where God has a chance to manifest himself and heal people and set them free. And somebody's not ashamed to take authority over the devil and make the devil leave somebody. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just because I'm speaking to millions and millions of people tonight in their homes and churches, it doesn't mean nothing to me because I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I talk this way when I'm speaking in a mission in front of 15 people. I talk the same way. I cast out devils in a mission just the same as I would at the White House in Washington, D.C. and in your church. I have no shame in me where the gospel is concerned. Anything about the gospel, I have no shame in me. Years ago, God delivered me from all shame. I was led in the floor and stretched myself up in the floor and I would pray in tongues for hours and 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 hours. Reverend Littlefield knows it. He's seen me pray in tongues for hours in the floor. And God totally delivered me from myself and from you. I could care less what you think. Thank God. If I start wandering around, I wonder what these people, I don't want to offend these people. Jesus, I don't want to lay my hands on sick people here tonight because I might offend them, Lord. Well, who do you want to offend, people or God? 
If you don't lay hands on sick people and you send them out that back door sick and you're representing the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if that's not a cop-out, I never heard of one in my life. Now, you talk about a flimsy, a flimsy slipshod gospel. Let people come in sick and you tell them all about Jesus. And, and, and now, if they don't come to all of that stuff to them, but if they come to all of them and get healed and then they all have to go home, nobody gets healed and you tell them all about Jesus. Now, you talk about a shady gospel. That's not Jesus in the New Testament at all. I don't know what kind of Jesus you're talking about, but that's not the one in the New Testament. The one in the New Testament, he can hardly wait till I get my hands on you. He can hardly wait till you come and kneel at his feet and look up to him like the man with the leprosy and say, Jesus, I know you can heal me, Jesus, if you will. I know you can heal me, Jesus. That man with the leprosy was looking for him. And the Bible says immediately, God's power passed over him. And all the leprosy disappeared. Hallelujah. New skin upon him. Why? Because he was looking for Jesus the healer. Jesus the healer. Looking for Jesus the healer. Jesus the healer. My precious mother in heaven tonight, she loved Jesus but she wasn't looking for Jesus the healer. That's the reason she died with cancer at the age of 37. She wasn't looking for Jesus the healer. Nobody ever told her that Jesus would heal her. How could she be looking for him? You can't look for Jesus the healer in church where, he don't have a, where he's not allowed to heal anybody. You can't find him there. You've got to go someplace where they'll represent the Lord Jesus Christ as healer. You have to go somewhere that they believe in that because you can't believe, you can't learn anything from people that don't know anything. Or whatever they learn, whatever they know, that's what you can learn. But you can't learn. How can you learn something from somebody that don't teach it if they don't know it? They can't teach it if they don't know it. But thank God Matthew knows it. Thank God James knows it. Do you believe that? Amen. If you haven't found the book of James by now, you might as well forget it. <laughs> Have you found that? A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Everybody repeat after me. God does not want me, not want me to be double-minded. Double some days have faith in Him, and some days wonder if He'll do it. God wants me to have the mind of Christ, mind of Christ in me. In me. I, must I must learn to keep my mind under subjection. And renew, my mind and renew my mind continually, continually with, the word of God. with the Word of God. If I can think, if I think like, the Bible is written, like the Bible is written, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that, lives in me that lives in me will know how I think. He'll know how I confess. Then He will approve of me. I'm saying, what I'm saying, what I'm doing, and what I'm believing. And when the Holy Spirit approves of me, He will manifest Himself according to God's Word. And He'll give me everything. It'll be just like Jesus said. All things are possible to Him that believeth. And say, him, him means, me. means me. Don't ever forget that. 
that you'd have anything you want from God. Don't ever forget that. Forget about that double-minded business. If you haven't sold out to God, sell out tonight. Don't let your mind wander off in darkness and your desires in the world and trust God some days and some days you don't. You can't, you, your faith won't work when you have a double mind. You've got to protect your mind by renewing your mind. You've got to protect your faith by renewing your mind with the Word of God every day, every day, every day. Real quick now, verse 9. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he, he, he shall pass away. Every rich man shall pass away and his money won't mean nothing. Unless he keeps it, puts it to work for God. Verse 11, For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof faileth, falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Look up here at me. Sin crumbles the foundation of faith. You can be like Samson today. <laughs> Go to bed with Delilah tonight. And tomorrow, you'll be worse than Judas. You'll lose your confession. You won't have the mind of Christ no more. It'll fly from you like a bird out of the top of a tree. <coughs> And you'll be stuck with your own natural mind. And that will be a total mess. You'll feel like a flower looks pitched on a hot tin roof in the 4th of July. You'll be wilted. You'll be like the rich man that lives on his riches. You'll be cut down like a flower in the summertime. And you'll fade away. So every one of you, every person in the world needs to show great respect for the ministry of repentance. When the devil comes to tempt you, to get you to do anything wrong, say things wrong, try to mess your mind up, and if you obey him to any degree, and you know when you do something wrong, if you don't know when you do something wrong, you're not even saved. If the Holy Ghost is in you, when you do something wrong, you'll know it. And so when you de detect that you've done something wrong, don't be ashamed. Go fall on your knees and repent and ask God to forgive you of the dumb mistake you just made. Well, what kind of mistake? Any kind of mistake. It don't make no difference what it is. A mistake's a mistake. 
And you and me make mistakes, but God don't make any. Don't make any. Jesus don't make any. He thinks straight all the time. I was so sad. The devil was tempting me. My business had gone broke. One of my businesses had gone totally broke, closed up. And I made the mistake by going to a service with Kenneth Hagin. It's dangerous to go to a Kenneth Hagin service. <laughs> he was staying in my home. And he, like that day, he was like I was today. He said God had been talking to him. And God had been talking to me this afternoon too. And you better know it. And before the service is over, if you don't know it already, you'll know it before the service is over. He's been talking to me today. Blessed be God forever. So he says, the Lord's been talking to me, Norval. I says, I'll be right out there. I went to service with him. I had a business that was broke. Why did he know, know anything about it? And I was sad. Do you know what it is to have a business broke and closed down? You know what that is? It bothered me some, basically on account of pride. I had other businesses, you know, that I could survive under. Some people only have one business. When it goes broke, they have no way to make any money for their family, for their wife and children, for their family. And it's, a, it's a sad situation, my brother, to have your business to go broke and you have no income for your, for your wife and for your children. You have no income. It's a sad, depressing situation, if you let yourself get that way. And I got like that to a certain degree. And all of a sudden, when they introduced Kenneth Hagin, he began to prophesy. And called my name in the prophecy and said... The trouble with you, my son, you have not been laughing at the devil, Norval Hayes. I said, is that right? <laughs> is that right? I says, well, bless God forever. <laughs> no, I hadn't been laughing at the devil. I hadn't been laughing at anything because I was about a half sad. I said, I'll take care of that tonight when the service is over. I took Kenneth Hagin and his wife to my house. I got in my car and drove downtown and looked at the empty building that went broke. I pointed my finger to it and I went, ha, 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 ha. I speak success upon you in Jesus' name. I command you to open and I command you to make me money. In Jesus' name, I speak success on you. Ha, 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 It had just about that much spirit to it, too. <laughs> I didn't feel like laughing. I felt like crying. You have to make yourself do some things. You have to make yourself obey God. The natural man understandeth not the things of God. The, natu the natural part of you don't even want to obey the Bible. Your body don't want to pray. You have to make yourself get on your knees and pray and pray and pray. You have to make yourself. Your spirit might want to pray, but your body wants to go lay down and rest. Huh? Your body always wants goofed up stuff. Every time my body sees a coconut pie, it wants three pieces. Well, it does. I can't help it. Maybe your body wants chocolate. I don't know. Maybe your body wants Two pineapple Sundays, I don't know. But there's something about my body that just likes coconut pie. Especially homemade coconut pie. 
I guess because it's very rare for a bachelor to get a homemade coconut pie. Except when I go to a meeting in Michigan, I get a whole bunch of them. Being on a satellite like this, I may get coconut pies through the mail. Glory to God. Send me too many coconut pies. If I get on the screen next time and I'm fat, don't don't point the screen and say that's my pies. <laughs> so I'd pass by my business that was broken. I'd go ha 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 ha. I'd make myself laugh every day, every day, every day, every day. Make myself laugh. In two weeks, God sent me a man to open it up. And that's been, it must have been 12 years ago. And that thing has made nothing for me except money. Ever since then. Ever since then. I don't even go around the business sometimes for three or four months. And all I do is collect a check once a week. Been doing that for 12 years because I had little enough sense to get in my car at midnight go down in front of an empty building and put my finger at it and life at the devil. And life, and life, and life. And God reminded me of that last night. You didn't teach him enough to life. You might say, no, well, you're not going to, are you? <laughs> oh, yes, I am. <laughs> All of you right now that's having trouble feeding your family, having trouble paying your bills, Having trouble with your business, your business is going down, 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 broke. Get up out of your seat right now and run down here. Stand right here in front of me. You all over the country, run down in front of your screen. Run down in front of your screen. Run down here. Glory to God. Take up an offering for the whole bunch is broke. <laughs> My Lord, what a mass of people. There's hundreds of you. The devil is a liar. Now, I, it'd be nice. It would be nice if I come to you and all of you hundreds of people right here in Dallas, plus thousands all over the world, it'd be nice if I could come to you and talk real sweet to you and give you some kind of, you know, uh, just an intellectual discourse of some kind, you know, or intellectual message and pat you on the back and say a little prayer for you and say, the Lord bless you, honey. You wouldn't get nothing. I know what God told me. I know what I did. I know what's been happening to me. And I'm telling you that the joy of the Lord is your strength, not something else. And anything that robs you of joy, you're whipped, my brother and sister. And God wants to jerk you out of that ditch. He wants to jerk you out of that state, that state, state you're in of being half beaten down and half whipped and half broke. I told you last night, I lied in an empty checkbook for five years. But it's not good enough, my brother and sister, for me just to laugh at it. I don't control your checkbook. I don't control your money. You do. And I want you to understand this. Understand it clearly once and for all. The devil has no right to nothing that you own. The devil has no right to your children. He has no right to your body. 
Every disease that's on anybody in this building or all over the world, every disease is a total invader. It has no right to be, resist that dumb thing and make it leave. The devil has no right to your money. No right. Know this. God has a financial blessing just for you. He has exactly the right move to make, exactly the right door to open to give you out a financial blessing that you can't hardly stand all of it. It'd be so big for you. All you have to do to get a financial blessing from God is to worship the Lord and praise Him and worship Him every day and make sure you have no other gods before Him and not lose your joy. Now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to trust the book of James. I want you to know the joy of the Lord is your strength. And if you're broke, a lot of times you've lost your joy when you're broke. Your business has gone broke, you've lost it. Tonight you're going to get it back in Jesus' name. Amen. Right now in Jesus' name, I want you to do what the Lord told me to do because I'm telling you that it works and I'm telling you from experience. This is not something I heard. <clears throat> Somebody told me some wild-eyed thing. This is something I did for myself, and I did it at midnight, and I kept on doing it, and kept on doing it. I have been collecting nothing except checks once a week, pure profit, once a week for over 12 years. I don't even go around the business. It's been successful ever, ever, two weeks after I started life, and it got successful just whoosh, like that. And it's been that way ever since that time. Now then, now then, it comes your time. You say, well, that's good, Brother Noble. I know it, honey. That is good for me, but it's not good enough for you. You're going to have to laugh at the devil yourself. So right now, in Jesus' name, you might say, now, Brother Noble, I am sad, and I don't feel like life. I could care less how you feel. I'm going to break the power of the devil over your feelings. Amen. In Jesus' name, and right now, in Jesus' name, I want you to start laughing at the devil. Life at the devil. <laughs>
Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I just love to dance. Praise God forevermore. Start to dance anytime, I guess, if you want to. But now, wait a minute. Life against the devil is not good enough for you. You got to come back down to earth. I said, Life at the devil. Everybody say, At the devil. a time in your life like right now that you want to please the Lord you want to please the Lord you sit in front of that screen out there you want to please the Lord here like you please Jesus no other way you want to please him get on your knees raise your hands and worship him Worship him. Worship him. Oh, Jesus, we love you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. And we praise our holy name. We worship you, Jesus. 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 Oh, Jesus, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We praise the 
worship you, Jesus. We 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 praise you, Lord.